Revealing the Scriptures podcast with Stephen Jarrett starts now. Well, we want to welcome you to the newest episode of uh, Unveiling the Scriptures podcast. It's been uh, quite a minute. It's been a while. Last time we've gotten together, and uh, a lot of things have gone on. A lot of things have happened. Um, and so, I mean, I not only did I forget where we were in our study, I may have not even remembered what book it was. It's just been so long. I think it's a book of Revelation. I think that's where I we think are. Where we've been doing that for the, about yeah, a year. And so it was. Uh, it was a little. But no, it's been a long time, and it's cool that we get to come back together and, yeah. and open yeah. God's Word again and and begin to walk through this letter that, um, as you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier. It, there's just there's so many approaches that people take to it, and so many different spins and and um, people trying to make more meaning out of it mm-hmm. than they need to. And we've agreed that the best way to approach this is take it literal. Take the word as it was written by John, mm-hmm. and believe that to be exactly what it is that God wants us to know. Now, does it all make sense? Well, and there's a lot of symbolism, <laughs> right. too, and symbolism, but there, but it's symbolic for something that we believe is real. Right. We don't believe it's a bunch of allegory, a bunch of stories that may mean this or mean that. Nowhere else, nowhere else in Scripture do we interpret Scripture that way. So now what we would like to do before we uh, jump into the chapter that we're going to study tonight is kind of do a quick recap because, again, it's been a long time since we've had this conversation. And so if we open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 1, we see that that Jesus brings to John these messages that he wants delivered to these seven churches in Asia Minor. And each church, um, there's a special message for each one. Uh, all of them are receiving uh, some some commendations for what they've done, the things that—it's uh, like Christ is saying, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing these things, for sticking to what I've—sticking um, to what I've told you, sticking to the command that I gave. But then there's also these uh, condemnations, these things that, that uh, the churches have done against Christ, transgressions against Christ, and, and he calls them out on it. And we've talked before about the significance of the seven churches, and and I know that you um, you've taught about you know, signifying the different ages and the church age, mm-hmm. and where we are in that. How you believe we are in that seventh church um, era, Laodicea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, do we want to take just a moment and discuss um, the seven churches real quick about what they? Uh, what those messages were and well I wouldn't I don't I think they can go back on our podcast and we, we were mm-hmm. a little bit more in depth with that. Um, but I think you know they are individual churches. They um they're they're also I think churches that represent certain uh certain periods of time. But I also think overall it represents the church age. And so as we go into Revelation chapter 4, I believe that's a picture when John is called up. He says, come up hither. I believe that's a picture of not only John being brought up to watch this amazing vision uh, that God gives him, uh, that Christ gives him, but but I believe also that um, that uh, it it's a picture of the rapture of the church. That we're kind of in, as as Chuck Smith would say, the mezzanine looking down. 
that we're watching the tree redeemed. Uh, we our age is finished, and now God begins to work with Israel once again during this seven-year tribulation. But in chapters, you want me to move on to chapters sure, four sure. and five? So the church ages ended. The uh, We had the report card of the seven churches. And then in chapter four and five, we go to the throne room where uh, there are many different creatures there. Uh, one, uh, the 24 elders, who I believe are a representation of the church. Uh, and I believe that, uh, you know, Jesus is on his throne. And when we get to chapter five, and there's a lot of worship going on. But when we get to chapter five, remember, it says who there's a scroll that is brought out, which I believe is is the title deed to earth. And, uh, and and it has to do with what will uh, happen uh, before the title is is transferred to Jesus Christ when he comes back the second time. Um, so in chapter five, but th- there's this scroll and th- and they're saying, well, who's worthy to, to, to look to open the scroll and no at and that in a moment, no one was worthy. And so John almost the scripture says he's crying. However, Christ stands up. He is the one who is worthy, and he begins to open the scroll. And and in the scroll, there's seven seals, and we talked about those. I encourage you to go back and uh, read those and the podcast we talk about, you know, the seven seals um, that, that are opened up in the scroll. So then from there, we get to the seventh seal, which uh, re- really opens up seven trumpets. And so we talked about those. And let, let me review, review, ah, excuse me, review uh-huh. those real quick. <laughs> and uh, I wrote them down because because I, I'm going to get them mixed up or add something that I shouldn't. Uh, the first trumpet uh, we talk about is the hail and the fire with the blood mixed in it. And it, it basically uh, is a judgment on the earth and the green and the trees and the, and the plants and that kind of thing. There's that kind of judgment. The second trumpet is this mountain that goes into the sea. And, uh, and, and by the way, a third of the, the greenery, if you please, the earth is destroyed. Uh, the second trumpet, the mountain goes into the sea and a third of the sea or I'd say this is a salt water, uh, are destroyed. And then the third trumpet is, um, remember the, the star or the asteroid that's thrown into the fresh water called wormwood, which is bitter, and uh, it, it destroys a third of the fresh water. And then the fourth trumpet, uh, it goes to the cosmos, if you please, and it goes to the a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars uh, are, are destroyed, and there's darkness in the sky. And then when we get to chapter 8, verse 13, it kind of sets us up for where we are. This is an interesting verse. Go ahead. Let me go ahead and read this. It says, Then I looked and I heard an eagle, some translations say angel, uh, crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets uh, that the three angels are about to blow. So, each of the next three trumpets, trumpet number five, six, and seven, are are uh, um, in conjunction with the woes. So uh, the fifth, the fifth trumpet blowing is the first woe. The the sixth trump, trumpet blowing is the seventh. Uh, the, the excuse me, the the second woe, and the, and the seventh trumpet blowing is the uh, third woe. 
And so um, that's where we are now. We're on the the trumpets, <clears throat> the seven trumpets. We already talked about the first four. Uh, but tonight, as we embark upon chapter nine, we're going to be looking at some really strange creatures. And and uh, and so it's going to be interesting to to go through. You want me to read or would you like to read or? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll read it. Chapter nine, verse one. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. The Greek word is abuso, and uh, it's we've we've heard the term bottomless pit, the abyss, the place where we I believe uh, that Satan. Uh, not where he is, of course, but many demons or angels that f- fell, many of them were um, were put into the bottomless pit as a holding cell, as a holding place, uh, until God allows this to happen. Uh, God allowed this to go on. So, uh, so uh, go ahead. And any comments on that so far? Well, just looking <clears throat> at the, uh, so it says, uh, I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, <clears throat> and so what John's about to describe for us is, is I believe an individual. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think um, it makes it it makes it clear when we hit. Um, actually, in that first verse, he says, "I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given." So we know that's an individual, right? And it's not that he saw him falling from heaven to earth. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a past tense. It is one that was in heaven uh-huh. and no longer is. And then he is he is given the key, and that just goes with what you were talking about as far as as far as the abyss and what it is is that it is this holding cell. It's it. I heard a guy talking not too long ago. I was I was listening, and and it it never dawned on me how true this is. How when we think about the abyss, when we think about hell, when we think about we get this idea that hell is where Satan lives. Mm-hmm. And he's the king, and he's having a grand old time ruling mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. But no, right? No, no, no. Well, there are different parts of hell too. Well, right. Mm-hmm. But he's captive, mm-hmm. or will be, when all this mm-hmm. is said and done, mm-hmm. in the place that God has deemed his holding. Like mm-hmm. this, he. This is where you are going to finish out your sentence on your transgression against me mm-hmm. is, is what God is telling him. So it's not it's not like there's this place where all these demons are having a great time and everything's cheery and it's, you know, the good side versus bad side. No, God's in control of everything. Mm-hmm. He's in control of every single one of those demons to the point where a key is going to be given that he allows to be given, mm-hmm. right? And so and mm-hmm. so it gives us this picture of, of God is still in charge. Mm-hmm. He's still opening, you know, he's opening that scroll. He's giving his you know end of time this is what is going to take place to to bring forth the the world that I want and so when we see this and we see the bottomless pit and I just wanted to throw that, that this let us keep in mm-hmm. mind that God is the one that's in control of every piece of this story that we're listening mm-hmm. to right and and just so people know when he says the bottomless pit this is not one place called hell Hell is is uh, the Greek word Hades. If you read Luke chapter sixteen, we read about Lazarus and the rich mm-hmm. man. It's that it's 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 that holding place. It's where people who do not know Christ go. 
but there's others like um, uh, the uh, there's a holding place that 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 uh, Satan's demons were thrown into such as this. There's Gehenna, which is the, that lake of fire that's mm-hmm. coming up. So I mean, so the, there are different compartments or different parts of what we would call hell. And and in this verse as well, it says, I saw a star. And there's different beliefs on who that star is. I believe it is it is an angel. Some people, though, believe that it's Jesus Christ, that he actually is the one who comes down to open uh, this abyss. And and, and uh, so I, I believe I believe where it says, you know, and I saw a fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key, you know, by somebody mm-hmm. to the bottomless pit. But I, I believe it was, a, a, of course, a, an angel that opened the bottomless pit. And then it says he opened he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit. And from listen, this is kind of, you know, uh, you know, horror movie stuff, right. you know, and, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth and they were given power like the uh, power of the scorpions of the earth. Um, they were told not to harm the grass of the earth. That's actually been done, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. that judgment. Uh, and, and, and they say that because locusts, and this is not locusts as we know it, locusts would destroy vegetation right. and, and that kind of thing. But it says they were told not to harm the grass of the earth, nor any green plant or any tree, but only those people, get this, who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And you have to go back to chapter 7, and it talks about the 144,000 who were sealed, who were chosen, who were uh, elected by God to do a specific work, and they are to be protected. Um, but but this is really, really uh, interesting uh, uh, information here because these creatures come out, and uh, the— it's it it says that they have like the power of scorpions. I'm told that in the Middle East, that when someone gets stung by the scorpions in that region, that the pain is excruciating. So what we have here, though, and I think there's more, and we'll get to it, is this creature, a demon-like creature, who will go about uh, uh, causing uh, severe agonizing pain on those that God hasn't protected. And, uh, and this is just part of the judgment of the earth, the judgment of, of, uh, of, um, against those who are unrepentant and do not know Christ. And it's it's interesting that again, it's told the, these locusts are told they're going after people. That's not what locusts do. Right, right, right. So they, locusts will, I mean, we've heard stories or you've seen them on the news or read about them, and they, they will destroy crops, fields. Mm-hmm. But here it's it's going after, it's going after people. Mm-hmm. They're being commanded and, and directed by this angel, this star, this fallen star. They're being directed to, to kill the people that don't carry the marks. But but again, there's God's sovereignty in everything. Is that he is still protecting. He is in, and in control. He's in control. Right. And he's right. protecting his people to do what his people are going to do. 
like he holds this whole really i mean he he holds the whole experience in the palm of his hand nothing happens that he does not not just allow but will mm-hmm. to create what it is that he wants yeah um and it goes on to say let, let me read the rest of this cuz it talks about these creatures they were allowed to torment them the people on the earth, they're demonic, and so they know where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they torment them uh, for five months. But get this, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it sings someone. And in those days, get this, this is how bad it is. This is how agonizing these stings will be. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And then in in verse 7, any comments on that? No. Okay. In verse 7, we get a look at what these guys, what these creatures look like. And, you know, people sometimes will take these and try to compare them to something that we see today. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like, uh, you know, helicopters, or it looks Mm -hmm. like B-52 bombers, or it looks like some kind of spacecraft. Uh, But I believe they're creatures. I believe they're demonic. uh, And and that's the thing in our world today, Jared. People don't believe in Satan. Right. They they don't believe that there is an evil power out there uh, that uh, has, that if left un- uh, unattended would destroy all of us. We wouldn't even have a chance. Mm-hmm. And so these demonic angels who remember angels are very powerful beings and they fell from heaven back in um, uh, Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 14 where Satan falls from heaven, but he takes with him a third of the angels. I mean, can you imagine they're with God in his presence, and they rebel against them. What is it with this third? Yeah, that's interesting, well, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and I and I don't know how many that really means. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some say that it, it's a figure of speech in the sense that th- there's going to be a great portion. Yeah, you know how many that means. It, it could be a third. I'm not saying it's not that, uh, but um, but some real heavy duty destruction. Uh, that Satan and his demonic forces will be allowed to perpetrate against uh, against those on the earth. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it will be. And so when we talk about these creatures, we, we might think of something that we've seen on a horror flick. However, um, I would like to encourage people to understand that this is real, uh, that when God finally finishes the book and finishes what, what uh, and deals with sin and deals with Satan, uh, that uh, this process that he's going through, this judgmental process that he's going through, uh, will happen. And that's why we need, I think, to be very uh, uh, intentional and passionate about sharing the gospel. People need to hear the truth. Well, and I know it's, it's easy for us to hear verses like... Um, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood yeah. and, and agree, <clears throat> but we don't live like that. Or nor do we really, <laughs> nor do we really understand what it means. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? 
you know, we battle against flesh and blood. That's all, you know, that's all we battle against, right? That's, well, yeah. that's what we think. Right. Because right. what we do is we tie, we tie everything that happens in, in our mind and our feelings to, to the physical. So if, if I'm going to be mm. mad at you, when I mm. see you, I'm going to be mad. But mm. what I'm mad about isn't necessarily your flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. What I'm mad about isn't, isn't your eyes, ears, nose, whatever. It's not like that for anybody. Mm-hmm. Instead, we are angered at the soul of who an individual is. Right, right. That's where this whole battle, and I'm mm-hmm. not, let me clarify that. I'm not saying that it's all just something weird, mystical, that's not experienced. It, it will be experienced, but it's almost like everything that is experienced on the inside will be seen on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. So when when we read scriptures that talk about, um, you know, dying to ourselves and following Christ or we so when we hear things like that, we like to kind of just push it off as an idea. But there is an actual spiritual event taking place, dying to ourselves Mm -hmm. in the same manner when when we read verses that say for the wages of sin is death. That's that's real. And it's not just our physical bodies coming to an end. The wages of sin is a spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Mm. All of this is getting played out on the outside when it when God deems it time to advance his kingdom, to grow his kingdom, to take back what, what is his, that he's allowed to experience that judgment since the first sin. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the whole the whole thing it's been, there's been a whole process from the time that Adam and Eve sinned of of God's judgment mm-hmm. on the earth. However, He has shown us so much more grace and mercy over that time. So the death has been taking place on the planet. However, we're going to get to a time where where God's going to really allow his promise to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. like you were saying, that's why it's so important to share the message of the gospel and for people to repent, mm-hmm. to to see where they really are in a spiritual standing with God um, and, and take that mm-hmm. seriously because all of those things that we fear on the inside, I mean, think about, and I'm, I'm trying to not rabbit trail too much, but but let's think just for a moment of all the the hurt that we feel as humans. I know I've I've said uh, golly, it's been a few times in the last couple of weeks talking uh, to Laura. It's like, you know, life is life is hard. Mm-hmm. It's harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, the way it, if we all just did the right thing, it wouldn't be so mm-hmm. tough. But but life is hard. <clears throat> but there's going to come a time where everything we feel feel in that negative that drains us, that hurts us, that is going to be out in the open. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because all of those things that we experience in that pain is the result of sin. Mm-hmm. It's judgment on sin. It's us trying to be God mm-hmm. and not being equipped to be God because we're not God. Mm-hmm. But that's all going to be magnified and let loose mm-hmm. in our everyday life. And that's terrifying yeah. to me. I, and I think that as as we look at this text, there's 
our, our, our perspective is that this is not real mm-hmm. and what we're doing is real. That is more real than right. what we're doing here. And here's what people forget, that we are not a body that has a soul. We are a soul, a spirit, who happens to have a body. Mm-hmm. And that's why when the rapture takes place, that uh, God gives those who believe new glorified bodies that are conducive for what he wants us to do in the kingdom, what he wants us to do next. And so when I read or when we read about these, this character, these, these, uh, I I don't know, demons is what they are, literally. um, It's, I, I want to drive home the point that, that it's real. Mm-hmm. And if we understand that this is real and horrifying and, and, and terrible, then we'll take God's word more seriously. Some people don't, you know, they, they like to take the verses that apply to the here and now and don't realize that the here and now is so temporary, but that what we're talking about here is the gateway to eternity. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, uh, I didn't mean to preach, but uh, so let's look at the appearance of these these creatures. And it's hard for me to call them locusts because they don't they may look like them, but they don't act like them, right? You know. So, so and here's what John says. This is what he's seeing. Uh, this is and again, what's going on here is people are being stung, people are being uh, 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 terrorized and attacked and and brutally attacked, but nobody's dying. Mm. Death has eluded them at this point. Verse 7, in appearance, appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, listen to this, um, were what looked like crowns of gold. So they had a kind of crown on their head. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like woman's hair and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with the horses rushing into battle. In other words, these uh, horrific-looking creatures, when they came, you knew they were coming, but you can't hide from them. It's kind of like I hear people say when tornadoes come. Sounds like a train coming. You know it's coming, so you try to hide, but these people will not be able to hide. From these, and, and uh, I, I had a picture, and I can't show it here because I don't have it with me, of of what someone I, I love. Some of these creatures, uh, somebody sits down and they need to draw them, right? You know, but they're really hideous looking <laughs> mm-hmm. creatures, and uh, and and scary. But this is what John sees. This is what John is 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 seeing, and with his own two eyes. Um, and then it says in verse ten. They have tails and stings like scorpions. So they look like locusts. Have you ever seen a locust? They're mm-hmm. ugly things, you know, <clears throat> with tails like a scorpion. Um, and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. So there's a limit that is placed on their um, attacks and the agony they're causing people. Okay. Uh, any any comments before? Well, okay. When you were talking about the sound of a tornado, it reminded me um, a handful of years ago. Uh, I was working over at Kingsland Elementary, and and we had a severe storm warning and all that come through, and 
And of course, we teach these kids that you know, this is the the procedures that we take uh, whenever there's a tornado or something of that nature. So a tornado was coming, and so we moved all the kids to the inside rotunda, and they have these big, you know, metal doors that closes around it. So we're all in the middle, and everybody's safe. But you could hear it was like it was like a train. Oh. And it it actually ended up going right over the building. And so I was kind of peeking out one of the doors and looking out a window. And like I said, it was roaring. And there's just, you know, debris flying around. And, and that was the wind. That wasn't uh-huh. demons. That yeah, wasn't yeah, beasts. Yeah. That wasn't, it was wind that was blowing. Nothing was coming after us. And it was scary. Like, uh-huh. the, the kids were terrified, of course, and... But it, there was this roar, and it, it, the best I can ex- describe it is, is like a train, like mm-hmm. a local, the, that roaring sound it makes. And so John is seeing this, and he's, he's hearing it, but it's not just the wind. Mm-hmm. It, it's what the sound is coming with mm-hmm. as well. So the sound's terrifying. What he sees is terrifying because the, there are no creatures like this, and and I agree with you. I mean, to me, I I think it's pretty clear. We're we're talking about demons from the pit. Like mm-hmm. that's that's right. that's clear mm-hmm. as, as day, and and so in reading it, so they're stinging this this everything's terrifying. They're causing pain. They're they're. Uh, just people, I'm sure, are losing their minds, and there is no relief. Mm-hmm. Right. There's no relief. Not even death. Right. There's yeah. there, and because yeah. we we again in the physical, we make this assumption. Um, people that uh, believe what the Bible says, people that don't believe what the Bible says, there is the majority of people think that there is a better place. So if I'm if I'm not here hurting, I'm in a better place than I am now. Mm-hmm. And what John's showing us here is no, like without you're Christ, not going anywhere. There is no better place. And right, so right. so you suffer. Mm-hmm. You're terrified. You want it to finish. You're begging for death. You can't. And you can't. You can't have it. Wow, that's true. Okay, and, and it gets better here. Uh, you know, and when I hear where it says the chariots with horses rushing into battle, I just think that, that, that's got to be a terrifying sound. You know, anyway, so I'm sure all your senses, you know, you, mm-hmm. how you feel, you're, what you're tasting, if you please, what you're smelling. smelling certainly. You know, well, is, is, remember, we got the smoke. Yep. Everything's darkened. Right. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a full yeah. attack from from on every from sense. the abyss, which is probably a rank a rank uh, rank smell oh, is yeah. I guess the word I'm looking for. Well, it talks about sulfur and yeah. oh yeah, so yeah. it's got to be horrible. So, so, verse ten, um, they have tails and sting like scorpions, and their power to hurt people. We said that for five months, so there's a, a limited period of time. Verse eleven, and they have as king over them and the angel of the bottomless pit. And the name in Hebrew is uh, Abaddon, and in Greek it is Apollyon, which both those words mean destroyer. 
You know, this is, in other words, destruction is coming. And uh, verse 12, the first woe. Remember the three woes in chapter 8, verse 13? The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. It's almost like he's saying the worst is yet to come. And Yeah, we haven't even started. Right, right. So uh, you want to move on to the next section because there's some more creatures coming, okay? Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel who had, who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, you know, the river, river um, uh, it's modern-day Turkey, I think, now, and it goes uh, Syria, and I, I think it's Iraq, and into the um, Persian Gulf. Anyway, they come from the great river Euphrates, where the final battle will be fought, and the enemies will cross over that to um, attack their final attack, which will mean nothing. Okay. Yeah. But so it says, um, uh, release the four angels uh, bound at the river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released. Now we're killing, okay, to kill a third of mankind. There's that third again. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. That's about 200 million, okay? Uh, I heard their number. And then verse 17, And this is how I saw the horses in my vision. And those who rode them, they wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lions. I mean, these crazy-looking creatures, uh, lions' heads. And the fire and the smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind not only was agonized, not only caused pain and hurt, mm -hmm. killed by fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and their tails for their tails are like the serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. Yeah. Now, I don't know what to say except for there's this weird-looking demons, 200 million coming out of the pit of hell, if you please, uh, attacking and killing a third of people living on the earth, unrepentant people mm -hmm. who are living on the earth. You have any comments on well, that? Yeah. I think it's interesting too that how Euphrates is tied into this because the Euphrates is a major is a major yes. player in the mm -hmm. first it's about ten chapters of Genesis. Like the mm -hmm. it was the center of the world, right creation. Right. And now we're going back to it. Back to right? it, right. So it it just kind of reaffirms mm -hmm. that God's promise early on about the serpent. You know, and uh, the oh, I'm gonna mess it up. The uh, anyway, talking about Jesus striking the head of the serpent, and the serpent striking his heel. Right? We hear all right. that at the beginning. Uh, talking uh, about Genesis three fifteen. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But God's going to bring everything back. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's going to come back around. He's going to get back the the garden. He he's going to get back the relationship, the perfection the uh everything that he had 
that he created in the beginning. He's not going to be denied. He's going to create – he's going to have his people, and he's going to be their god, and they're mm-hmm. going to worship him, and nothing's mm-hmm. going to stop that. Right. And so as we read this story, it's taking us back to that beginning again. Um, and so I, I find – one, I find that interesting. Uh, the other – so you started talking about 200 million. I can't picture 200 million of anything. Well, and and let me just comment on that because when the angels fell, a third of heaven's angels fell. I don't know how many billions or, I mean, because we're just talking about 200 million here. Yeah. I wonder how, can you imagine, because Satan is, here's one thing I don't mean to, to divert or to chase rabbits, but... Um, one thing that people don't understand is they, when they say God, you know, they think, well, what's the opposite of God? Well, it's Satan. Well, it's not. Right. Because, because God is om, omnipotent. He's all powerful. God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is omnipresent means he's every, he's everywhere at once. Well, Satan is none of those. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, he has to rely upon demonic forces to carry out his bidding to, to achieve his agenda. And and so when you read this, a two hundred, this was just a, a group that was uh, chained in the abyss or the abuso, and they they were just waiting. I wonder how many are there are some that are out there now. Mm-hmm. There are some. So Satan has this gigantic uh, uh, military force that he uses to hurt us, and we just kind of push it off, and we don't realize the significance of his power. But greater is he that is in us mm-hmm. than he is in the world. And the only way that we can defeat demonic forces is, is to be shadowed under the wings of, of God. He has to protect us. You know, you, you remember that, um, that movie, The Lion King, mm-hmm. and the little lion Simba uh, wants to... Uh, attack the hyenas, you know, and so with the little kid-like voice, you know, he growls and the hyenas get afraid and you wonder why they're afraid. Well, then you look behind and Mufasa, right. the dad was there. And and that's true with us. When we start you know, trying to roar, if you please, at demonic forces, they laugh at us oh, sure. unless we are covered or accompanied by the father, by Christ. And um, so anyway, that was just the demonic forces are bad. They're wicked. Uh, and and also the next, unless you have something else, I no, didn't mean no, to we can, you on that. No, no, it's good. But uh, something else happens here that I think is just crazy. Now notice what it says, and it says, uh, it talks about uh, the, the viciousness of this, these demonic uh, creatures. And, uh, you know, they're like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. And then look at verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, these next three words blow my mind, did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons. (laughs) Listen, <laughs> worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. I, I just don't know about you, Jared, but I can't fathom. I don't understand. 
and I know the reasoning because of our Adamic, horrible, sin-stained nature. But, you know, uh, when it gets pretty hot, I want to change. <laughs> I don't want to stay in that anymore. And the Scripture says, in the midst of this never-before-seen, like, presentation of the demonic forces attacking people on the earth, the people still mm -hmm. worship the false gods. Anyway. Well, <clears throat> I think it's a, a, a perfect picture of, of our, like you said, our, our sin nature, but even more so like our nature of self-preservation. So... <clears throat> So John writes that even though this has taken place, third of people have been annihilated, these plagues, however you want, you know, how he, that's how he puts it, still worship demons. That's what's killing them. Right. So here's my thought. And again, this is just in my own head. I don't, I don't know how. So take it for what it's worth. But it's almost as if it's the, oh, well, we're going to worship you that's annihilating everything because we're trying to preserve ourselves. Mm. Not logically, not spiritually, but in this point in time, I'm trying to do whatever I can to, to not die, which is kind of crazy to me because— Looking at all the stuff that that's being described, I don't know that I would want to hang around. Mm -hmm. I mean, if 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 I was, if I was, if I were in fact all that I thought I had, I don't know. Maybe I would do everything I could mm -hmm. to yeah. try to stay awake in that you know stay stay awake, stay alive in that moment. Right, right. Um, but John's talking about people worshiping the very things that are destroying them. Mm -hmm. And we see that today. Right. That's what we do. Right. Because it's yeah. all about self-preservation through a through a uh, through a lens that is created by our sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Right. This it's not a God thing. God didn't put in us to to to, to worship whatever we have to worship to live. And in fact, he tells us to surrender to him, but this is the complete opposite. That's what mm -hmm. our sin nature does. The complete opposite of surrendering to a God is I'm going to say whatever I have to say to try to keep myself. I mean, we know people like that all through the course of our lives. We meet people like that. They'll say whatever they have to say to make it in a particular moment. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's what's happening even here. Yeah. I think also, I think they go back to the very old gods, which are not old gods. Right. They're, they're the same. You know, Ashtoreth was a god of uh, pleasure, you know, and uh, Baal was a god of prosperity. Um, and these old gods were just based, you know, I don't believe, see, I don't believe anybody's an atheist. I believe people, I believe they believe in some god. They believe in... Uh, these people were just honest. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they they and not honest in the fact that they believe in a God that would get them something. Right. And, you know, Christianity is getting that way today, too, as well. But, you know, the God of Baal, who would bring me prosperity, the God of Ashereth, who brings uh, pleasure to me, you know, all of the things that we want, we we turn that into God. Um, because, see, an atheist, someone says there is no God. Well, we all worship something. And there's always something that we that we worship, and uh, I think every man has a god, whether it's whether it's prosperity, whether it's pleasure, whether it's self, you know, promotion, whatever, and and the, and what the scripture is saying that because our old nature, remember when Adam and Eve fell uh, in the garden, uh, you know, they wanted say uh, the serpent said, hey, you can be like God. You know, you're going to, and so they were, and that was Satan's problem. And in, in heaven, he wanted to be like the most high. And we still want that. And so in the midst of this tragedy, I think maybe, maybe these people are simply saying, you know, I still want to hold on to myself. Mm-hmm. I still want to hold on to uh, what I want. And they die unrepentant. I don't know about you, but when these kind of horrific things take place, you know, I, I would want to just fall on my knees and say, God, forgive me. You know, come into my life. I, I, I don't want to live in this sin anymore. The sin is what's brought me to this place. Sin is what's, what's what is now you're seeing the consequences of sin in the world. Uh, demons are consequences of, uh, of creatures who rebelled against God. We are a con- a sin in our lives, the consequences, because it's when we rebelled against God. And, and I look at this and I say, you know, God says, I'll make a way. You can't make a way anyway. None of this is, has any value. None of this has any um, ability to do anything for you, but only condemn you. But, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so, so looking at this setup and, and like you said, it's very easy for us to look at this situation and say, why in the world would would people not repent? And then we would ask the same thing when we read Old Testament. Like, right. God made very clear, <laughs> this This is, he would make very clear what he wanted his people to do, what he wanted uh, the Israelites to do. And we we read when they would disobey, and we think to ourselves, well, why in the world would you? That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we think about the ones that came out of Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea, and they saw God annihilate Pharaoh's army, and and then they still whine and complain. And, and we want to judge them for that. Mm-hmm. But see, here's the thing, is that we're right smack in the middle of those two, and we do the same thing today. Right. So, I, I think it goes back to the basic truth that all have sinned and fall short mm-hmm. of the glory. There is none righteous, no, not one. That that people will not repent unless they're given the gift of repentance. Yes, you know, people will not turn to God because they say, "Well, here's a better deal." Right. Because left to ourselves, we make these kind of decisions mm-hmm. that that he's talking about here. Left to ourselves, we uh, we worship demons and idols and gold and silver and which we cannot see here or, or walk. Uh, uh, and we 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 allow ourselves to be a part of those things that are self destructive. It's only when a loving, graceful God 
comes to us and gives us, and he can only do it, the ability to follow him. And I guess, you know, when you look, I, I get overwhelmed because I say, you know, can't you understand? Mm-hmm. Can't? Well, I guess they can't. Right. We can't understand God. We, you know, people think that Christianity is we sit around and we say, okay, do I choose God or do I choose sin? Right. That's not what, that's not <laughs> what happens because I can't choose God unless God comes to me, unless he sends a sacrifice for my sin. It's kind of like the word salvation, sozo, has to do with uh, rescuing. You know, I'm in the water, and I'm going down for the third time, and if somebody doesn't rescue me, I drown. Right. It's not about me making, okay, well, now I think I'm going to choose to live here. No, I'm drowning unless somebody stronger than me, bigger than me, more uh, more able than me picks me up. And that's what and that's why because for whatever reason these folks said not to God mm-hmm. for whatever reason how or, and, and the gift of repentance has eluded them. You know, apologetics, you know, the argument for the faith. I enjoy listening to uh, to scholars that have devoted their life to 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 diving into the scriptures and being able to pull out the arguments for faith. However, nobody, and I think this is a perfect picture of it. Nobody ever sits back because here's what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. If 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 we really believe that as human beings on our own, we come to an intellectual point of okay i'm gonna trust god i'm gonna trust jesus christ as my savior what we're saying is this is that we have the capacity to take the bible under our own thought and say based on the evidence i deem jesus good enough so i guess i'll trust him yeah yeah that's what we're saying yeah so in the scripture, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, he's not worth it. Mm. And so anyway, just yeah. to, just no, to tie it, into what you're saying, that's exactly what yeah. it is, is that and, in these areas, these people, and I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why God didn't, you know, we read the story about Pharaoh hardening his heart, going back to the whole mm. Egyptian thing. It's like, I, I don't, I know it was done mm. for the glory of God. Mm. It was done to show God's power, it was done to show God's mercy and and grace and the you know Romans 8:28 all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose mm-hmm. <clears throat> but Pharaoh's heart was hardened mm-hmm. and and I know that there's oftentimes theological debates concerning you know we talk about uh, arminianism calvinism the you know predestination all of that but at the end of the day, this is one thing that I think every single person needs to understand. Because if we, if we can't if we can't wrap our head around this, then we really do need to, I would say, question the core of our our salvation, and that is we are so incredibly blessed, fortunate, whatever word you want to use, that God would choose to save us because He doesn't. It's not that He should. It's not that he needs to. Mm-hmm. It's not that it, 
but he chose to right based right. on zero merit of our own mm-hmm. he chose to save us and that should be so incredibly humbling and so incredibly moving in our lives that we have to tell people about it and the people that are absolutely and the people that are listening to us this ought to just um you know tear your heart apart that the god of the universe loved you enough to send his son and scripture's really clear to die for us who were enemies of God, Romans chapter 5. And while we were yet sinner, sinner means separated from God. Transgressing against him, against him, not just floating out here, but against him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jared, uh, and I want to kind of in, I want to read some scripture here that is powerful. And I read it, I've read it before, but it's out of Titus chapter 3. I read it in the message a couple weeks ago, but it just kind of describes to me anyway, though, where I was, where you were, where all of us were. Listen to what Paul says to Titus. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, listen to this one, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others hating one another, that's who we are, mm-hmm. okay? Verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, came to us, walked in our room, if you please, mm-hmm. he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. In other words, nothing we've done, nothing we can do, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, get this, which I attained on my own. That's not what it says. <laughs> Whom he poured out on us richly, richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified, that simply means to be made right with God, by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I mean, that, that is, that's it. That's what happened in our hearts and our lives. And so when we look at Revelation, we look at the horrific things that are coming. We look at the terrible um, uh, Nazi-like and worse activities that are going to be going on. God reached down, came to us, lost. We were lost in our sins. We were worshiping ourselves, basically, and gave us life and brought us to himself. That, you know, the, the old Southern gospel singer, if that doesn't, you know, light your fire, your wood's wet, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, but uh, so as I end, as we end some terrible things, if you're listening today and the spirit of God is, is moving on your heart, say yes to him. Say, yes, Lord, I want you. It's not just to save me from the demonic forces or hell or any of that, but I want to live life to its fullest. You know, the only way you can live life to its fullest is in Christ, mm-hmm. for he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he, and he tells us in that passage, John 14, 
6, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So, so powerful stuff in there, but I always like to end it with God's grace and mercy. And I don't have to inject it. It's no, there. It's there yep. and, and we'll see it more as we do more study in the book of Revelation. Powerful book. All right. Well, let's pray. Okay. Go ahead. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for, uh, for the blessing and the opportunity that we have to, to read your word. We thank you so much for the word, your word that you've given to us so that we may know your heart, so that we may know the God of the universe, so that we may know the one who holds all of this in his hand and yet has still drawn us to him because you love us. Yes. And you want us in, in your family, God. Thank you for loving us in spite of who we are. Thank you for loving us. Uh, again, as, as your word says, when we were your enemy, we were sinners, we were against you. We did not care about the things of you. And yet you decided to draw us to you. And we thank you for that, God. And we ask that uh, for anybody that is is listening to this, that God, move in their heart draw them to you for those that may be wandering draw them close to you for those that um just know that there's something not right in their spirit that you make it clear to them that it all begins when we totally surrender to you to just give up control of our lives to the one who created our lives so that we can live in harmony with you god because we know this that that in your presence, following your word, walking with you, is there is no better uh, life in the world. We know that we have you, that we can turn to you, and that as things in life seem to fall apart, when we experience our ups and downs, when we experience our storms in life, when we um, when we experience things that we feel. Uh, is in line with what John's talking about. Sometimes we feel like our entire life is being attacked by demons and being torn down, that it is in you we have hope, it is in you we have rest, and your word has told us that if we draw close to you, that is how we combat evil, to draw close to you, God. We love you so much. Yes. Uh, we ask again that you, you bless those that are listening to this, that you work uh, your word in their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Filling the Scriptures podcast with Stephen Jared ends now.